Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with a bald faced truth. conference obviously looking at expansion we've been talking all around it and about it and i wanted to bring on john schaefer who hosts an afternoon drive show in san diego on 760 sports 760 uh also does a pre and halftime and post game show for san diego state john thanks for making time for us john i appreciate your time i've, been, I've enjoyed the work you've been doing uh, your work the work you do with john Bono, so i appreciate you having me yeah and i, I just kind of want to talk about that because San Diego State is a super interesting candidate here, and I think one of the stronger candidates. And I just want to take the temperature. You know, you're on campus. You're around the games. What do you see now happening at San Diego State? I think San Diego State ultimately is the perfect fit for the Pac-12. I really do believe that. I just think San Diego as a city has changed so much in the last decade. I think with the NFL departing San Diego, um, there's really a ton of room for San Diego State. There's a lot of goodwill towards university. I mean, the, the Chargers could not get a stadium built in the city because they couldn't get a public initiative passed. And, and San Diego State University was able to do that. Right? They had more than 50% of the voters in the city allow them to purchase land that is where Snapdragon Stadium is sitting right now. So there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of goodwill and support for San Diego State, and they, they've been successful in football and men's basketball for a long, long time. And I, I think it's one of the, the really good stories that people don't talk about. I mean, this is the winningest program in FBS in football and men's basketball since the start of the 2009-2010 basketball season in the country. Better than Ohio State, better than anyone in the, in the Pac-12. So they've won. They've had academic success. The university continues to grow. They've got that land. They've got Snapdragon Stadium. They're in Southern California, which is a crazy recruiting hotbed. So for me, it just makes too much sense. And I think there's a lot of excitement in San Diego, and I think San Diego State to the Pac-12 would mean a ton for this city. Give me an idea, like how soon after UCLA and USC announced that they're leaving for the Big Ten, does your phone start ringing, your show, your afternoon drive show, how soon do you start talking about the possibilities? So when that news broke, and I remember vividly, I mean literally at 3 p.m. when I came on the air, the, you know, the take was San Diego State has a very good chance of being in a better lot from a conference perspective moving forward. And I don't know everything that's going to transpire over the next you know, week, month, year, or even longer, but you just kind of started to think it, think it through, and it just makes too much sense. You know, that's what I say about San Diego State a lot. It just makes too much sense, and I think the Pac-12 recognizes it. I think the Big 12 recognizes it. I, I think it's it's, it's really a fit because of so many reasons that we kind of discussed there. Because of, but the geographic footprint, for me, is so significant. 
and again, the successes that they're having. But, yeah, it, it's something. The second I saw the tweet from John Wilner about SC and UCLA, my first thought was, this is going to change San Diego State potentially for forever. And I still feel that way, you know, a handful of months later. Snapdragon Stadium and then the academic profile of San Diego State. You know, I've, I've dipped into a little bit of that and what San Diego State has done in the last five to ten years to kind of position itself for this. Um, how different is that university now than maybe when, you know, Marshall Falk was there? You go back to the Dan McGuire era at quarterback. I think a lot has changed. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, San Diego State's got a, a, a really fascinating football history, but it's very easy to argue that the last 10 years of San Diego State football are the brightest in the history of the program since Don Coriel, right, who had an amazing run in the 1970s, which is going back a half century. But you look at what Brady Hook and Rocky Long have done, and they've really built a strong foundation. I mean, they've won 10-plus games, something like five of the last, eight years, they've won Mountain West Championship. They've had Heisen finalists, top five and top ten finishers, and Donnell Pumphrey and Rashad Penny. I mean, that's in recent history in the last six or seven years. Snapdragon Stadium is a brilliant facility. I mean, it's a gorgeous college football stadium. Uh, it's what college football stadiums in the future will look like. Smaller in terms of seating, but revenue-producing with suites. The ability to be used 365 days a year, amenities, right? I mean, it has all the things that I think a lot of the universities wish they would have in their football stadium. So they've got a revenue-producing stadium, which I think is really advantageous. They have recent football success. You've got an amazing football city from a prep perspective. So, you know, everything's just come along. And I think, that, I think the student body is really supportive. I mean, the student body... What I saw at Snapdragon Stadium last year was really, really good. What we see at the AF Arena with San Diego State basketball is truly So I think it's just all moving in the right direction. And if they get that opportunity, I really I don't see a difference for me, John, between a TCU a decade ago, a Utah a decade ago, and what San Diego State is capable of in the future. I don't see how those universities have any inherent advantages that are greater than San Diego State moving forward. John Schaefer, our guest, uh, hosts a afternoon drive show in San Diego on San Diego's 760 AM. Also does uh, pre-post and uh, halftime for San Diego State, as well as some Padres uh, work. Give me an idea. Like, the Padres are a big deal. I've got friends who grew up in the area. They're diehard Padres fans. They've kind of shifted from the Chargers all in on the Padres. You know, and on your show, how much San Diego State are you guys talking relative to maybe the Chargers or, or the Padres even? We talk a ton of San Diego State. Um, I think it's undercovered in the market. Um, I felt that for years and years and years, um, and I still feel that way today. I think it, it remains a little bit of um, you know, a little bit of an untapped resource, but I think there's a lot of interest in it, and I see it, um, whether it's in numbers or in activity. I mean, we, we basically, I spend, I, it's all local what we do. I mean, it's all Padres, it's all San Diego State. That's 99% of the stuff we talk about this time of the year. I'm talking a lot of San Diego State basketball. These are the 21-5, and they're going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we talk a lot of San Diego State football in the fall. We talk a ton of Padres. This is a Padres market first right now, and I think San Diego State, with an invite to a Pac-12 or a Big 12, puts themselves in position to be topical year-round like the Padres. Of course, the Padres play professional baseball, 
college football is a little different. This is a huge city, right? This isn't Eugene. This isn't State College or Ann Arbor. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic. But certainly the Padres have captured the hearts and minds of San Diego these last couple of years. Ownership is invested. But I think San Diego State, again, winning this public vote, getting Snap Stadium built with what's potentially on the horizon, I think that there's a lot there for San Diego State to really capitalize on and take advantage of. And I think they have a market they want it to happen because, again, in a, in a post-NFL San Diego, this city is very receptive to what San Diego State is doing and will be doing moving forward. Boise State, Fresno State, there was some disappointment, I think, when George Kleofkoff, the Pac-12 commissioner, showed up at SMU uh, a week ago or so and was very visible. Uh, the other, Those other schools I mentioned, some of the fans there said, oh, gosh, we're not going to get in. They're going to take SMU and, and somebody else. How was that SMU visit received in, in your territory? I think it was received well, because I think once you saw the Pac-12 commissioner publicly on campus of an expansion target, if you put two and two together, you know, A, why is he doing that? And B, if he's doing it at SMU, then clearly he's already had those conversations at San Diego State. And as the hours and days evolved, and I think, you know, you've reported on it, others have as well, San Diego State reportedly already has met with George Klyovkov. So I, I think it is seen as a positive step in that, you know, in that push towards expansion. And I don't know if it's inevitable or not. You know, I, I really don't. You know, I don't have those, those sources. But I do know that everything that San Diego State has done, I mean, from a facility perspective, from a winning perspective, academically, the growth of this campus, I mean, they envision themselves in a Power 5 league. I mean, they see their future in the Power 5, right, in, in the haves as opposed to the have-nots. And for me, it's a, it's a matter of time. Without knowing the particulars and the specifics, I think it's a matter of time. You know, the SMU thing is interesting. I think there's a lot of issues with SMU similar to San Diego State. I think there's something to be said for the time zone in the recruiting footprint of Texas. Um, but everything you can say about SMU, of course, well, I think there's just as much of the advantage, obviously, in San Diego because you're talking about Southern California. Why would you leave it? to, you know, the Big 12 or solely to the Big 10 now with USC and UCLA. And you see how valuable this area is recruiting in the Pac-12. This is uh, it's going to be really interesting. I, I do think we're going to get some news here in the next few weeks. I think the conference's media rights deals are being wrapped up. Everybody's kind of gone underground here, John. But, um, you know, give me an idea. You know, J.D. Wicker, the athletic director, you know, the university president, if the Pac-12 comes to San Diego State and says, look, uh, you can come into this conference, but you're going to come in at a reduced distribution in the first couple of years, is is that something you think San Diego State would be open to? Or do they feel like they've got leverage here, that they will end up in the Pac-12, they've got Southern California, they, there's some inherent advantages for sure? It's a, it's a good question, John, you know, and I can't speak to everything for, for J.D. Wicker, and I think J.D. and Italian Territory, I think they really position the university well for whatever comes their way. And I know J.D. was quoted by Dennis Dodd, I want to say, at CBS Sports, saying that, you know, he believes San Diego State has put themselves in a position where you want them to get a full share, um, that they're worthy of it, and it would be advantageous for the league. I mean, the way I look at it from the outside, John, is that wouldn't you want all of the members of your league to be at a full share as quickly as possible because doesn't strengthen the overall league. Now, again, it might cut into revenue 
for some of these other schools immediately. But I would say the strongest leagues are the leagues that are balanced top to bottom. I think what you know, one of the big 12 you know, calling cards or plays that they use is they strength kind of in numbers, not that it's top heavy, not that they have these huge marquee brands like Oregon or Michigan or Ohio State, but they're balanced. And I think that balance has served them well. So I would think from the Pac-12's perspective or even the Big 12's perspective, if you're adding an institution like San Diego State, you want them to be in a position where they can benefit the other institutions. And I think financially that's why you want these schools like San Diego State or even SMU as whole as possible, as quickly as possible. Because I think it benefits not just those schools, but the league in general. You've got your finger on the pulse of the Padres. My baseball fans are going to kill me if I don't ask you, but what is this season going to be like? Is is this a, a step-forward season for the Padres? It's the most anticipated season in the history of the franchise. I mean, that's, that's what everyone says. That's what, and they've never sold more season tickets. Uh, they have a wait list for Padres season tickets. I mean, it's truly incredible. They've got 25,000 season ticket holders, and they've got, you know, Manny Machado and Juan Soto and Xander Bogart and Fernando Tatis Jr. It's truly an incredible roster. Expectations are sky high. I mean, I don't know if it's fully World Series or bust, but it's pretty close. The city is starved for a champion. Whether it's the San Diego Padres for the Aztecs basketball team to make a run in the NCAA tournament for San Diego State football to get to a power league. But, I mean, San Diego is lots of arms around the Padres. They've been successful here recently. Tina Sava, their owner, is spending, like, very few owners in the sport. So, I think the, the expectations here will go win the NOS and go get to a World Series. It's always easier said than done. But, I mean, it's February, and it's, it's fever pit stuff when it comes to Padres here. I saw Rob Manfred's comments that about, you know, the Padres losing money. And, and, and always, they're always going to, you know, he's obviously working on behalf of the owners. They're always going to plead poverty. Um, what's he trying to say? What's he signaling by, by saying, hey, look, even the Padres are going to lose money here? I think he's speaking to your point, John, on behalf of, again, he does the bidding of the owners. And if you think about it, the 30 owners, the majority of them might be small market owners. So when a fellow, quote, unquote, small market owner, is bucking the trend, you know, is that good for Rob Manfred's business? I mean, because here's the problem. He decided that he said this now for a couple of years, the owner of the Padres. He's almost become enemy number one of small market owners because fans of teams in Kansas City and in, you know, Baltimore and wherever are saying, well, hold on. If they can do it in San Diego, why can't we do it here? So I think Rob Manfred should really change the messaging to say, you know what, what Peter Sanders is doing and investing is really a model that other franchises we hope will follow moving forward. Because if they can do it in San Diego, we feel as if they can do it in a majority of the market. So I was, I was taken aback by it. There was a lot of flack uh, from Padres fans here over the last 24, 48 hours when he said it. But Padres fans are so ownership matters, right? I mean, so the Chargers run by the Spanishers, and, you know, they're gone. But you got Peter Seidler here in San Diego. He's got a two hundred seventy plus million. He's got a top three or top five payroll. And San Diegans believe this is a team that can bring a World Series to this city. So San Diegans are thrilled, and I personally think the commissioner's off base. John Schaefer, I appreciate you. Thanks for giving us your time, and uh, hopefully see you down the road, my friend. I look forward to it, John. Thank you. Will it be SMU, San Diego State? Will the Pac-12 stay at ten? Will they move to 12? Uh, coming up, uh, I spoke with Brett Yormark, the Big 12 Conference Commissioner, this week. 
And it got me thinking about two other Power Five conference commissioners, Greg Sankey and George Klyovkov, the SEC and the Pac-12, respectively. I'll unpack all of that coming up. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.